Hey guys, welcome back to another episode on Operation Exercise. Uh, been a while since I last spoke to you. I know a lot of stuff going on, um, a lot of changes, but back with a bang. We've got a big one today with actually a strength coach from Elon University. You know, huge, huge university, huge performance department. I think something like twelve thousand followers on Instagram. So, gotta love that. Um, but yeah, today I'm joined by Coach Jeff. Uh, Jeff, would you like to introduce yourself to our listeners? Uh, yeah, hey, um, thanks for having me on, first of all. Uh, so my name is Jeff Davidson, and um, I work at Elon University as an assistant sports performance coach. And so just a little bit of background on me. Growing up, you know, I'm not the most traditional strength coach route. So growing up, I played a lot of random sports, like up through high school. I was mainly a year-round swimmer, and then baseball was my main other sport. But then I went to college, UNC Chapel Hill, and not an athlete there. Definitely wasn't good enough to compete in any sort of Division One athletics. But so went to UNC Chapel Hill for undergrad. And at the end of my sophomore year, I applied for a football strength and conditioning internship under the staff that was there at the time under head coach Lou Hernandez. And so got that internship for the summer and I did a well enough job in the summer that they kept me on through the season during the school year. And at the end of that season, those staff switched out because Larry Fedora got fired. And so Mac Brown came in. He hired Brian Hess as his head strength coach. And I was fortunate enough that Coach Hess kept me on as an intern. So I was able to keep interning for another full calendar year under Coach Hess. And then from there, I had one more semester left of my undergrad and Coach Hess um, encouraged me to go get experience from other coaches, learn from more people. And so I went to Elon University to intern and I helped them with mainly football, but also some Olympic sports, some volleyball, some lacrosse, and then COVID hit. And so I only got about two months of internship experience with Elon and then COVID hit. I graduated. And so I applied for a graduate assistant job at James Madison University. And I went and interviewed there, got that job, started there in July of 2020. And then I spent about a good six months there until the end of 2020 when Coach DeMarco at Elon had a couple of spots opened up. And so he called me and offered me one of the spots. And so ended up back at Elon in January of this year. And I've been there ever since. Oh, nice. You kind of had experience all over. And obviously, football is your, you know, obviously something that, you know, you're interested in when it comes to um, performance training. And it's interesting that you didn't play it when, you know, when you were younger, you know, you were kind of like you say, kind of swimming, baseball. What attracted you to football in the first place? Um, so I think birth being a football specific strength and conditioning coach being my long term goal. So mainly because my first introduction to any strength and conditioning at all as an intern was with football. And I worked with only with football at UNC for a year and about nine months or so. And so I knew like football's the goal. That's what I want to be in. And at first early on, it was only football. That's all I wanted to work with. I was like, oh, football's it. This is what it's all about. But then I went to Elon to intern and I finally got to work with Olympic sports and assist that. 
and see that just as much goes into programming, if not more, for Olympic sports as it does for football, especially with less resources at most places. And so I was like, oh, this is cool. And I got to James Madison and I was in charge of my own Olympic teams and I loved it. I loved working with so many different types of athletes, everyone who wants to get better, no matter what sport they are. And they come to me to help them. And it's cool to be, it's cool to run the show sometimes too. Like I had never had the shot to run my own teams until I got to James Madison. So being exposed to that definitely opened my eyes to the different aspects of sport performance and how much more there is to it than football. Football is still my end goal, but along the way, I'm very happy that I get to be a part of Olympic teams and working with male and female student athletes, again, to help a lot of people grow in different ways. But football is still my end goal, I would say. Oh, sure. I feel it's like, it's like the weight and intensity of like football that like really, you know, like drags you in. Because when I first, like when I first had experience with football, at first it was like kind of intimidating. Then you kind of like really jump into you like, this is actually amazing. This is like kind of, you know, you almost like throw CrossFit intensity into actually scientifically backed stuff that's going to, you know, actually help these guys get a lot better. And I feel like that's why, you know, at least for me, like football became a lot more attractive than I first thought. I was like, wow, this is actually like a really fun workout to first plan and also run. Because I feel like, you know, sometimes it's all fun planning out, planning workouts, planning uh, periodization for whatever teams, but then depending on the team, it can be, you know, sometimes almost tedious running those workouts, like, because, you know, every single week doing the same stuff. So you kind of need the intensity to keep it going, if you know what I mean. Yeah, it's, a, it's different everywhere you go, I'd say. Like football is always going to be intense. I don't think it matters what level, but if you're at schools where the athletes like love to compete, love to get better. So the teams I've worked with, James Madison, men's and women's golf, women's swim and dive, like the golfers, I don't know if you've worked with golfers or not, but those guys are like, they love to lift. They love the weight room. They were getting after it. Um, the swimmers and divers at James Madison, they're, they just won their fourth consecutive conference championships, so they just love to compete. The female divers there were some of the like, strongest relative to their body weight student athletes I've ever gotten to work with. So that was awesome to see because like you have girls who weigh maybe like 110 to 135 and they're all ripping hand cleans of like 155 plus. So above their own body weight and like trap bar deadlifting two and a half times for reps. So it's cool. Like, that's one thing too. Like initially I was like, Oh, football, like it's the most intense, but that's why when I got to JMU and I really got to see like other sports and other athletes work, I was like, Oh dang, like I could work in any sport, honestly. And the intensity I think will always be there, especially if you kind of expect it as a coach too. So that kind of dictates what kind of experience the athletes are going to get in my opinion. Cause if you go into it and say, like, oh, it's just, this is just a golf team or like, this is just a tennis team. Then that's how they'll, they're, the way that they perceive you and your actions towards them is probably the effort that you're going to get from your athletes. So I just try to treat all my teams the same, bring the same energy to all my lifts. And usually I get a good response out of it. So. Well, oh, for sure. Yeah, I think that's like a huge thing. How you say, obviously you had like quite, you know, wide variety of teams that you work, how you mentioned, you know, golf, swim, tennis, women's lacrosse, football. 
and stuff like that and kind of brings it to my next question like you mentioned that you know you always bring this like kind of intensity you always kind of bring this expectation to each team and that obviously comes with you know how you communicate with the teams how you perceive the teams and stuff like that so how would you kind of you know describe your approach to actually you know we'll forget about all the science backing behind all the programming we'll forget all the programming how would you describe how you approach you know you walk into the weight room how do you set up your expectation for what you want from the team like i say you would throw out all the science everything like that um actually performance wise how do you set all that up yourself so as far as like standards and what i want out of them when they come in since like from me jumping around a couple times in the past year i've been able to it is rough like having to start over with a new team every six months for the past year but getting that opportunity more and more times it just reinforces the fact that like if you set the standard and tell them your expectations on day one and you tell them that like why you have those expectations and the main why is to keep them healthy and to help them improve in their sport then as long as you're authentic with it and you mean what you say and you continually show up every day with the same energy you're going to get the same out of them because if I showed up to a lift one day and I even if I seemed like I didn't want to be there I wasn't as invested I wasn't coaching as much or cueing as much then the energy in the room or the effort from the athletes is not going to be the same and so I think a lot of it just starts with you as the coach on day one and then being consistent throughout the time that you work with that team so, so i guess if that answers your question yeah so would you say it's kind of like almost a reciprocal thing between yourself and the athletes apart from how you say obviously from day one you kind of want to set the standard but then from then on would you kind of go you know you you need to kind of set the energy but then you also need the energy from the athletes um because you know can can there be one without the other if you know what i'm saying I definitely think the longer that athletes know a coach or the longer a coach knows his or her athletes, then it can be a little bit one without the other because like not all, like all coaches don't coach the same way. All athletes don't train the same way. So setting the standard up front and always bringing your best should be a must for all coaches, especially bringing your best because your athletes deserve your best every day. Mm -hmm. And then once you've established that trust, like athletes will come in, they might be dragging some days, like they might've had, you know, they have exams, they have social lives going on. They might've been up late completing a paper or something like that. They have three hour practices someday. So once you have those relationships established to where your athletes know that you've got their back, if they're experiencing something, they can talk to you and if like the energy's off or you talk to them and ask them what's going on, then it becomes more of like still not one without the other because the relationship has to be there, but you can have like days where the vibes aren't the same between you and your athletes, I guess is what I'm trying to say. That makes sense. <laughs> have you ever had like a time where, you know, sometimes you'd have to adapt a session just because, you know, you're seeing you're not getting how you say maybe they've you know they've had a tough 
away trip, right? They've come back, they're absolutely beaten up and you've had this, you know, they, you've had this big week planned for them and you've just realized that it's like, there's no way they're going to be able to attack this. Or, you know, you maybe you've started a session and you see and it's like, wow, this is like, this is not what I was expecting. They're obviously like beaten up and then you kind of had to adapt it. Has that any, ever happened and how did that kind of go? Yeah, 100%. There have been, especially the two biggest or most frequent examples of that were with my swimmers at James Madison and then my lacrosse players at Elon because especially swimmers the amount of volume in the pool that they get is just insane because they're two a day is almost every single day and then lacrosse practicing six days a week with sometimes one or two games a week this past season they're like sometimes getting beat to shit with volume honestly and so at that point I have to prioritize their health and what they can do over what I originally had planned and what I have on my Excel spreadsheet. Because if I see them come in and I have certain percentages on my sheet that I know they're not going to execute well, I'll either drop the volume or I'll cut sets or drop percentages down just on the fly, or I'll tell them to hit what they feel they can move fast that day, depending on the goals of the day. So it definitely happens a good amount. And that definitely takes time of like being able to have a relationship where you're at with your athletes where they can tell you like hey we're beat up today like even though they know they still have work to do like some days it's just not going to get done the way that you would like it to so you have to make changes on the fly just to keep your athletes healthy and keep them engaged and i feel like i mean i mean you'll probably see it as well do you think that kind of even increases their buying more when they go oh wow okay this coach actually understands us you know he's willing to make adaptations because you know he doesn't want us he's not just one of those that's going to go I don't care how you guys are feeling you might be crawling into this weight room I still want you to hit a 91 RM on your squat even though you've just you know you've had two swim two swim meets last two days and that's it do you think that really really kind of one of the more important things that kind of increase athlete buy-in when they see that, you know, your coach truly cares and he's willing to make adaptations for you. Yeah, I think so. Cause I mean, anytime I've had to do it, especially like older athletes, they'll say like, Oh, like we're like the next day, they'll be like, Oh, we're glad that you like modified stuff yesterday. Like we're feeling better today. Or so that's how, you know, they appreciate it. Or even with some of my athletes before like James Madison, they've said to me like, Oh, like we've had coaches who wouldn't have done that before. Or something. So like, we like that. So I'm fortunate that I haven't worked with sport performance coaches who do that to their athletes because I work with great coaches, but I know there are some out there who do do that. And um, I definitely think it helps with the athletes just to show that you do have their best interest at heart and you just want them to stay healthy and keep playing their sport that you have to make modifications that help them out sometimes. Perfect. And kind of talking about modifications, me and you were kind of chatting before, and you kind of mentioned kind of uh, how the foot, how the footballing sessions, uh, lifting sessions are set up at Elon and how there's three or four different groups, you know, depending on what level age and stuff like that, um, the players are at and just kind of, you know, talk me through that setup because, you know, I've been in setups that, you know, may not be so well-funded that may not have so many coaches where, you know, everyone's in one group also been in setups where you have two, three or four groups where you kind of have that kind of more benefit of having 
people with the same kind of potential with the same performance ethic and stuff like that so kind of talk me through how it looks at elon okay so this summer with football we run our weight room setup we have just two groups a day so our first group is always our linemen and our new freshmen and so our overall setup the freshmen will always run on the foundation card and this is all this is not my split my design this is coach demarco coach nusma uh alex like all guys way smarter than me that set this up but i'll do my best to explain it so there's the foundation card, which is all of our incoming freshmen this summer. And Coach DeMarco oversees that. And so that's very movement over maxes based, like Zach Dakin based, hitting every pattern, every primary pattern every day with some extra core works and unilateral work and some long duration ISOs on the back end of it. And it's just emphasizing movement quality, definitely like laying down a very solid foundation before they move into our next group or our next phase, which is foundation plus. And that's the group of guys in the weight room that I get to work with. So it's predominantly right now, rising sophomores and some rising juniors and those guys, they just need to get stronger. And so the majority of their work is just strength focused, building strength, getting stronger in our primary movements, which right now are the front squat, the split squat, um, RDL, single leg RDL, and then bench press pull up for the upper body. And so getting stronger in those movements until they hit coach DeMarco's like strong enough standards, which I don't know off the top of my head, but it varies by body weight and everything. And then once they've gone all the way through that program, which will last a year or two years, depending on the athlete, they'll get, move into the advanced program, which Jordan runs. And that is mainly like rate of force development focused and a lot more advanced technique stuff like the super maximal ISOs and eccentrics, like super max triphasic, stuff like that, that you just wouldn't be able to handle well if you didn't have a solid foundation of strength. And so right now, those are the three groups, main groups that we run. And then within Foundation Plus and within the advanced groups, we have a separate card for all of our linemen, O-line and D-line, that Alex is in charge of. So he takes all the linemen. They're under his care. So they still have a Foundation Plus and an advanced, but it's just slightly modified to suit uh, the big men a little bit better than our skill skill and semi guys and how much does that like help for our athlete development like when you know you can have those people split up in groups because like i said you know i've i've played college level before uh, before i've just just finished and you know like, like how i was saying before like depending on how much resource you have sometimes you're just in there as a group and then you have you know junior senior guys that you know they can if the shit's on, they can, they can do whatever, like how you're saying, they got great force development because they've got good foundation. But then, because, you know, the coach is focused on them, but then he's also trying to, you know, bring the freshmen up to speed. And it is just such a pain because you're trying to deal with like these 30 kids that are all at different levels. Um, have you ever experienced that? And does it make like such a huge difference, like being in a setup like Elon compared to that? Um, it definitely... I like the way that Coach DeMarco sets it up a lot, and it definitely takes time 
His coach, Jamarco, has been at Elon for a few years now, so he's had time to implement his system. And so the other two places that I've been, like at James Madison and at UNC, I know that um, Coach Hess and Coach Owings have different levels to their programming. And But I was there when they had just gotten to the school, so the way that they have to implement their program starts a little bit broader because it has to, so that they can implement their new programs. But I know that as they get more time, they're building towards their own foundation, Foundation Plus advanced type lift cards. And so Elon is really just the first place that I've been able to work at where I get to see it actually happening. And so being able to see it, I like it a lot because I've seen since I interned there over a year ago, some of those guys who used to be on the Foundation Plus card are now on the advanced card and like they're still getting stronger like they haven't slowed down at all they're still seeing adaptations they're still running faster they're still jumping higher and so being able to see that with like the year away from elon that i had and coming back and seeing how everyone is still progressing is pretty cool just to see that like it does work to have layers to your training and that you can slow cook an athlete because you have four maybe five years with them so there's no need to rush things. And so just take your time and it'll pay off, I think. Yeah, no, that, that, that's great to hear. Um, my next question kind of like, you know, brings us into, you know, you mentioned a lot of big names in the strength world, especially kind of who you work with at Elon, how you mentioned DeMarco, um, et cetera, et cetera, like everyone that kind of works with football. And, you know, with yourself being fairly new to it, uh, do you ever feel like, oh my God, like I'm working like in basically the same level as these guys. And like, it's like almost, you know, water and earth, like such a big difference. Uh, do you ever feel like, you know, obviously not saying that you are out of your depth, but do you ever feel like you're kind of like going around like, how am I here? A hundred percent, almost every day, especially. So like working on a staff or working, yeah, with a staff where, every other coach has at least like four more years of experience than I do. And so it's awesome for me because like, you know, the very famous like sports performance coach saying like never be the smartest guy in the room, a hundred percent applies to me. Like there's no room I can walk into at Elon where I'm the smartest guy in there, which is awesome for me because I'm learning new stuff every day. Like I'm able to progress and I can, if I ever have a question on anything, I can either ask Coach DeMarco, Jordan, Alex, Brandon, or Cam, and I know one of them will have a better answer than I would be able to come up with. So great for me, but it's definitely like when I started there, it's intimidating for sure. Like you don't want to write a program and then just have another coach look at and be like, like, what the hell is this? Like, what are you doing? And you don't want to let down your athletes who have worked with these insane coaches before and just like do something shitty or mess up and then all eyes are on you. It's like, oh, it's just the new guy. He's messing up. But it's definitely a thing. And like when Coach DeMarco told me that I would get to program for the Foundation Plus group this summer, like I was kind of frozen for a second. And I was like, oh, geez, like after a program that's going to be stacked up against like Alex's and Jordan's, these guys who are way smarter than me, have more experience than me. And like, I know Coach DeMarco could write a better program than me, but he gave it to me instead. So it's like, I must be doing something right. But at the same time, there's just always that like 
little doubt. And then if you see like one thing go wrong, you start to like freak out and be like, ah, like this could have been prevented by someone with more experience or something like that. But overall, it's definitely beneficial to me because of my long-term growth as a coach, but there are definitely stressful moments where it's like, uh, like, I don't know if I'm quite ready for this stuff yet. Or like, I don't know if I'm like on the same level as these guys yet. So it's taking time, but like a lot of people experience it. I feel like it happens in like, you know, it can happen to, I feel like almost like anyone at any level, like, you know, you could be an athlete that's coming into like, you know, it could be a freshman that's coming into this, you know, top 10 team. You could be a coach coming into this, like, you know, unbelievable setup. You could be even just, you know, in, in normal world like you know coming into this huge company and stuff like that and you kind of feel like you're so like at your depth um have you like kind of had any suggestions for like anyone that could be in that situation that kind of go this is what you should do to or this is what you can do to at least kind of try and get yourself through it i feel like the first thing that like i've had to realize too and like people of other coaches have told me is that when you're feeling that way at first like it is obviously it it sucks to feel that way but it can be a good thing because like it means you care it means you're trying to get better and it means that you know that you have weaknesses and that you're going to improve upon them so like I'd much rather feel this way than walk around thinking like I'm the shit like I know everything so I think that's a good thing to identify that you are at a point where you know you have stuff to improve on because that's beneficial for anybody in any walk of life and then on top of that just like if you're ever unsure about something like sometimes I'll think I have a stupid question but like there are no like no one's gonna laugh at you for asking a question if you don't understand something like other coaches like especially the people I work with like they're there to help me learn as well like they want me to be a better coach so just kind of like getting over yourself a little bit, which can be hard to do. But like, if you have a question, like, don't be afraid to ask it, just ask, they're going to tell you. And then you'll feel a lot better because you know, the answer instead of down the line, when you still don't know the answer and you look back and like, oh, I could have asked that question now and I would know it. So it's just like, I don't know. I don't know if that helps or not, but <laughs> that's yeah, no, I, feel, I feel like, you know, when like kind of having that external almost kind of external network of support like you know how you say it could be from the coach that you're working with and I feel like you know it could be even like you know with the athletes that you're working with we kind of spoke earlier about you know establishing kind of like your setup from the start and you know if you get in there buying straight away I feel like that could probably almost help you ease into it because you go oh yeah they like me and then you know something's happening right so obviously I must be doing something right as well um I don't know if that that kind of happened and um, helped you as well at any point no, yeah, I definitely did. Like going to James Madison where I was going to lead teams for the first time by myself with my golfers and swimmers and divers, it actually worked out with, even though the COVID restrictions were no fun, it worked in my favor because it split the groups into like, we could have like nine max in the weight room. So my bigger like swim team, which had like 32 on it, it was just nine at a time. Like it was easier to get to know them faster. I learned everybody's name super quick. And then being able to do that faster and get to know people faster definitely made it a lot easier. And just like trying to get feedback from other coaches on how you're doing constantly because 
A, like you'll see what you're doing wrong, but if you are doing stuff well, they're going to tell you. And so that's always good to hear. Like you never want to get complacent with it. You never want to like seek it out just to make you feel better, but people are going to tell you when you're doing well and when you're doing bad, if you ask them. And so that helps a lot too. And it's, it is nice to see like if the athletes come into the weight room and they like greet you a yell across the room, like that's a good sign. Like that makes me feel good. If I have a team coming in, they're like, Oh, Jeff, like we're ready to lift today. I'm like, Oh yes, let's go. And so that kind of stuff just makes me feel good. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. it's like, it's athletes start kind of, you know, enjoying your company almost. And like, they know they're going to have a good session for you. You kind of, like I say, you yeah. kind of got to feel like you're doing something right at that point. Yeah, for sure. All right. And, uh, we'll move on to kind of the last bit that I wanted to cover. And again, when we spoke earlier, you kind of said that um, you're really starting to kind of get into speed work. And I just kind of wanted to, you know, kind of, first of all, just, you know, what what made you so interested in speed work? Like, was there any reason behind or just kind of look at something and go, huh, that does look cool to learn about? So it's definitely associated with my start in strength and conditioning as an intern and like just the people I've worked for and worked with essentially is what has piqued my interest more into it and like seeing the value of it. So the first head strength coach that I worked for Lou Hernandez, he like didn't utilize a lot of sprint work with his athletes, not a lot of like dedicated sprint sessions. There was no like high, low, he was kind of like a gassers, like big weight room guy. So well, old school and then coach chess came to unc and like everything changed for me i was like man like this is what sports performance is like it was dedicated sprint work guys were getting faster on some days and we we're conditioning other days and then i went to james masson under brian phillips first and he is a very high low based guy Derek owings is a very high low based guy and so seeing all the speed stuff that they do and just like keep trying to learn it because I had never really had the opportunity to coach many groups on the field. So that had always been my biggest weakness and it still probably is, is coaching on the field and just being comfortable with like cues for sprinting and whatnot and how to get guys more comfortable on the field. And then coming to Elon where it is very much like a progressive thinking, like extremely high, low, like, on some days we're sprinting other days we're conditioning like there's no in between and so seeing the way that like Jordan coach DeMarco Brandon Alex seeing the way that they implement their sprinting has been huge for me because I get to like see how they do it and see what I like see what I don't like see what works and I know down the line that'll benefit my athletes more and so it's still something that I have a lot to work on I think in terms of when it comes time for me to run my own football program one day but hopefully by then I'll be <laughs> a bit more knowledgeable about it but it's just really the people I've worked for who value speed so much have shown me it's important and it's almost like now like I'll listen to like sprint jump throw or like Yoakam strength podcast and like everyone is just talking about how important speed is and sprinting is for both health and performance and so it's definitely a case of me thinking like oh like I need to know a lot more about this if I'm going to do well in this field for the long term, I think. If I'm going to do the best for my athletes, like field work and sprinting and speed, anything on the field is incredibly important, I think. And so it's kind of hard because 
there are a lot of great books out there on it, but it's very much a thing where you can read as much as you want about it, but if you can't get out there and coach it and get it out of your guys, like it's not going to do anything for you. So well, yeah, I'm still, yeah. still working on that one for sure. But, yeah, because, you know, yeah. a lot of people say it's like, you know, you can find drills to do on YouTube, on Google, like what, any, there's millions of them, endless. But how you actually implement them, how you actually talk through them, you know, how you actually get your athletes to follow it, to actually gain, gain from it is two completely different things. And I mean, kind of leading into it, have you, what's your favorite, I guess, when it comes to speed work, what's your favorite thing so far that how, I know you said like, you've seen some good things, you've seen some bad things. What's probably like the best drill or the best coaching method, coaching philosophy when it comes to speed that you've seen so far? I'd say this is a pretty general answer, but if you have the resources to time your athletes, then timing is by far the best thing you can do. If you can't time, then have them race to get the best intent. But I would say just overall timing as many things as you can to get full intent. Obviously full recovery is extremely important. And like our principle, which most coaches follow now, I feel like is like one minute for every 10 yards of sprinting. Mm -hmm. But I would say just timing. So like on our acceleration days, we always time a 10 yard dash. And then on our max velocity days over the summer, we build up our flies. So we'll time our fly 10. So we started with like a 510 then 10, 10, 15, 10, 25, 10, so on and so forth. So being able to time guys and get that intent because we'll time them and we'll yell out the time so that the entire team hears it. And then later we'll rank record, publish, you know, Tony Holler and we'll put it up. And so that just, gets a little extra edge out of the guys because they want to beat the dude who's 0.01 faster than them or something like that. So I'd say if you're able to time, it's definitely the best thing you can do. And then racing is the second best and calling out winners just to bring out that competitive edge to really get full 100% effort out of guys. Oh yeah, for sure. External cues, they're like huge for athletes because like at the end of the day, like everyone's so competitive and like how you say, you know, they want to get that even if it's, point 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 one second they yeah. still want to beat that even if like you know they're losing by a hair they still kind of want to win that um and yeah that yeah that's for sure so that's that's great a great little bit of input because speed is something that i've really started to kind of get into as well it's something that i never looked at before until kind of this year and like the more i kind of read about it probably kind of like yourself and the more like i see it the more i'm like wow this is actually like a really cool way first of all of training and second mm-hmm. of all great to kind of see the benefit from it as well um but that's kind of everything that i had kind of on my question list today uh for yourself jeff um just you know before we wrap up anything you'd like to say to you know maybe other strength coaches that could be listening to this athletes that could be listening to this that are in college athletes that could be listening to this that are you know wanting to come into college anything like that any type of tip you can get give them anything like that all right. Um, any athletes at any level, my biggest thing, obviously, as a coach is just you have to be coachable. You know, like I just read 59 Lessons by Fergus Connolly, and he's worked with so many professionals all over the world. And the like common denominator that he said among all of the best is that they're extremely coachable. They're always looking for ways to get better. So just never be above improving essentially like if you think if you think you've made it you're 
probably not going to make it much further than where you are right now. And I would say that goes for coaches as well. Like we have a large intern class right now. They're all phenomenal interns and they're all constantly asking for feedback, asking like, what can I do better? Stuff like that. There's just always a way to improve, I would say. Perfect. Yeah, that's a great one. Uh, so again, Jeff, thank you so much for coming on the show. I uh, really appreciate you kind of taking the time to be here and, you know, ended up being a great show. So great. Thanks for that. And for kind of our listeners, guys, thank you for listening. Um, if you have kind of any questions for what you heard today, um, you know, you can always get in touch with me on Instagram or if you want to get in touch with Jeff about anything you've kind of heard, beats speed training, football training or anything like that, I can always put you guys in touch. So just let me know but apart from that again jeff big thank you for coming on the show and guys we'll see you next time